Okay, welcome back to our obviously beautiful listeners. Double J's biggest episode yet. Today we're going to be reviewing the midweek run of Premier League games, including Jace's Arsenal dropping points at home to Newcastle. We'll also be reviewing these FA Cup games, and no, we're not going to be reviewing every single game in detail. I I love doing this. I don't love doing it that much. We'll finish off with the Double J 2022 yearly awards, then we will get out of here and see y'all in the midweek. Let's get into this. Okay, welcome back. We are going to start out in North London, Arsenal nil, Newcastle nil. Jace, were Arsenal robbed? Um, I guess we can start with that. The handball thing at the end, yeah. that's just not a handball. Um, the issue is we've seen that called a handball mm-hmm. before. Yep. When it should never be, it should never be. It's just the inconsistencies of the officiating. Like that is just a perfect example of them. His arm was tucked in close to his body. Jaka was close to him when he kicked the ball. It's just everything adds up to no pen. But like just the fact that we've seen that given before is ridiculous. But so yeah. that one, I I just like I don't even I don't think like there should even be an argument there. That's not a penalty. The shirt pull. I think people are going like more upset about it because we just watched the world cup where they were calling stuff like that on VAR. Whereas the premier league just doesn't do that. No, it it happens three times a game. Like if McGuire plays in a game, he is tackling someone in the box at least once a game. Yeah. I mean, and I think it really pissed people off too, because the ref really started to lose the game when he gave Odegaard a yellow for a shirt pull like that, like for his first foul of the game. And then after that players from both sides, Trippier from, Newcastle, um, and then I don't even like Xhaka and Odegaard mainly for Arsenal. Every single foul wanted a yellow because he set the tone so early with something like that. I just think the ref was pretty bad overall, but I don't think he affected the outcome. Like, well, if that makes Newcastle sense, Newcastle kind of knew what they were playing for. And credit to Eddie Howe, he went in there and set them up to get a point, and they got a point. But when the referee loses control that early in the game, it immediately puts the favor in their hands because they can sit back if they foul, whatever, but Arsenal are already pissed off 10 minutes in that just works into a team's favor. I think that sits back and defends at a place like the Emirates. I don't think they're going to play like that against other big teams though, which I think is a compliment to where Arsenal are more than anything. I don't think we see Newcastle sitting like that against either United Liverpool teams like that. I think it's just Arsenal and city. They'll play like that with. Yeah, I do think they are experts at time wasting, and part of that might yes. be their past as a bad team. Um, but Spurs, United, Arsenal, and Liverpool have now all been charged by the FA for conduct violations against them, and I think it's a direct result of the time wasting. It is. Uh, there was a there was a Spurs game a couple weeks ago that the actual ball in play was like fifty two minutes. Which is just that's criminal. Like this one was like fifty three or something. It was yeah, low. it's insane. Um, really, I the thought, overall average is way too low. Like it's kind of ridiculous. Like well, it's right what, around sixty uh, minutes. That's what the World Cup was trying to do with the massive yeah. minutes of added on time was because they looked at it and they said the Premier League is averaging the ball in play of like fifty five to fifty six minutes. That shouldn't be a thing. Shouldn't be. You shouldn't be allowed to waste time to a level where you're losing. 10, 20 minutes in every game that that shouldn't be happening. I know it's just it, it's crazy, but um, um, Saka looked good to me. Yeah, Martinelli. I don't like. I thought Trippier they played fun. 
they were fine. Right. Arsenal were fine. They just didn't. This was a game you would have liked to have Gabriel Jesus up there and not Eddie and Ketia. Yeah, I mean, the best chance kind of fell to him. There were no really big chances in the whole game, honestly. No. Joe Ellington probably had the best one at the end of the first half, and that ball was flying fast. I don't blame him for um, missing that one. But yeah, Jesus no. would have been more helpful in terms of breaking down the lines because that's once they saying, got yeah. into their blocks, it was extremely hard to get through them. And that's, again, credit to Newcastle. They show why they're the best defense in the league. I mean, and all I thought, across the back four. just talent. I said and, Dan Byrne could have a bad day. He, I thought Saka ran at him a couple times, but it wasn't yeah, like Yeah, he got was, by him. He got by him a few times, but there was always somewhere, someone there someone in the middle. Someone right behind and, him, exactly. Like, it, Arsenal started hot like they have been most of the games, getting, like, into the opponent's box within the first five minutes and getting chances. Yeah. But as soon as... Anyhow, like probably like 20-ish minutes in, pulled Joe Ellison to the side and said, just stop what you're doing and double up on Saka with Burn on the uh their left-hand side. And it it worked a charm. And that was because pretty he much was going the end of Burn at the beginning Burn. of the game. Yeah. yeah. For like the first 20 minutes. Remember, got around like, him that one time, it. got all the way yes. to the touchline and brought it into the box. Um, so I mean, that was again another credit to Eddie with his genius. Yeah, and I think Trippier locked up Martinelli about as well as you can this season. Uh, I know he, he got to the byline a couple times. Martinelli likes doing that, shifting onto his left and crossing in with it. Trippier was smart enough to stay with him just about every single time. Yeah, and he knows what Martinelli really wants to do is shoot. Like, yes. all Martinelli wants to do is shoot. He's at that, like, 21 years of age where now he's got the confidence mm. and all he wants to do is score goals. Yeah, uh, and he wasn't with Rashford. He knew he fun. wanted to do that first. So, like, he would just, when he want, went to the byline, I mean – he had already exhausted all his options of going inside. And at that point he's got help. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I didn't, didn't want to bring this up, but I have to Mikel Arteta. We need to have a conversation, Jace. I, I know it's a competitive league. I know he's in a title fight. I know he is, he is in game very different than he is outside of the game, but he is up there in company with Klopp in terms of touchline behavior. Yeah, I mean, I just noticed no one else complains about it when, I mean, Pep hits someone in the face with a water bottle last week, angrily <laughs> kicking it. Uh, Mourinho was spiking water bottles, multiple water bottles at a time, the United <laughs> and Spurs. I mean, it was overly, like, I mean, yeah, he was going crazy, but so many managers in the league do this. Like, Jesse Marsh does it pretty much every week. Um, yeah, Conte does, does it. it. Conte does it. Tuchel did yeah. it. Tuchel um, did it, Yes. But this just, is consistent now. A lot of those are isolated incidents. You don't see Marsh doing it at week in, week out, every single weekend. He was it getting angry this week, like too. He, yeah, he was. And he was getting angry at, in the FA Cup fixture this morning. But it, I think a lot of it is past different. players, too. Because past players hate referees. That's true. Like, That's I think part of it is that, especially someone like his age, like he hasn't really had time to mellow out. He went yeah. straight from playing to being Pep's assistant, who was also crazy. Yeah, who was also a madman. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, he it, could it, definitely it, tone it, it down The apple definitely does not fall far from the tree. Yeah. That's all it I'm might, saying. It might take a one-game ban for them to, like, yeah. do something. But also, it's kind of on the referees for not even giving him a yellow card. Like, people, like, everyone's, like, complaining about it. And Graham Lasso likes to mention stuff during the commentary. Um, but, like, it's not like the ref's it's not even giving me. him a yellow. Like, if you really exactly. want him to calm down that badly, go over there and give him the yellow, yellow card him. And he's deserved it a lot of the times this season too. I think Klopp, Klopp at times has deserved to be sent off. So 
I just don't want to see Arteta turn into the every single game. I get a camera angle of him just screaming at the fourth official in his face. Yeah. I mean, most, most coaches scream at the fourth official once or twice a game, but like, I mean, I assume you mean like he's, prolonged screaming. Yes. Like, and where he's like, like standing there and really going at it and really yeah. in his face. Cause every, like, every coach will like, there's a foul on the other side of the field. So they just run up to the fourth official and yell at him real quick and then go back to what they were doing. Like everyone right. does that and, once or twice a game. I get it. I, I, you know, I was a Sir Alex Ferguson supporter for a majority of my life. So I know this is like the pot calling the kettle black, but I don't, I don't want to see it consistently because it's just annoying at some point. It makes Arsenal less likable when I see him every single week and every single week in the fourth. Yelling at Eddie, Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe, come on. You can't be beefing with Eddie Howe. He's like the nicest guy ever. Yeah, I just think he wasn't pleased. But I mean, I think he was also fired up for the handball thing. He was more so fired up at the fact that there was five minutes of added time than (laughs) anything because they had, I mean, wasted 10 or 12 minutes in the second half. And Klopp, Klopp said the same thing about Newcastle when he played him earlier when there was they scored in the 98th minute. Fabio Carvalho scored and beat Newcastle. I think their only loss yeah, this season. It is. Klopp said the same thing. He said they're the, they're the best time wasters in the league. And it's like, if you can do it good, man, I, as long as you're not doing it to me and you've just taken two points off me this season, so just don't beat United in the second half, I'm fine. Do it to whoever else you want. That's cool with me. Yeah, they are good um, at it. We knew this was a possibility. That's kind of my last thought on this game is we knew that there was a chance Newcastle were going to come in here and get a point. They do. Arsenal have a lot of, uh, had a lot of room to give away the, a lot of leeway, but can't give that away all at once. Right. No. I mean, if I was going to pick one of the games to drop points, like to win two and draw one, it would be this game because Newcastle are the hardest team to score on. Yeah. Like the, it would be easier to lose to a team that you can't score on versus a team that you can at least score on and, be given a goal because I mean, if Newcastle had stolen a goal, I don't think Arsenal were scoring. Like, and, they were. well, they didn't, but like, I don't even think I know the reaction saying. from that um, would have yielded a goal. So, right. yes. Well, uh, anything else before I get on to where these guys are on the table? Um, no, that's it. I'm going to talk a little bit about the subs, but I'll I'll wait. I'll save that for when we're talking about City. Okay. All right. Uh, Arsenal stay top five points ahead of City now. While Newcastle stay third, level on points with United, who have a game in hand. I don't think they need to be worried about top four, considering how the other teams in this league look right now. Um, Chelsea, Newcastle, or excuse me, Liverpool. Um, But not great. Not exactly the best result you could get. They'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. They're comfortable. Yeah. All right. Who do these guys have next up? Next up, Arsenal have Spurs away, and Newcastle have Fulham at home. North London Derby next Sunday. Fulham at home's tough. Yeah, that should be a good game. That should actually be a very good game. This is All a right. very, very good weekend we have coming ahead. Looking forward to the preview. I am too. Yeah, I looked at the weekend going into next weekend. I was like, good Lord, there's like not an actual bad game. If there is, yeah. it's like a relegation battle. Yeah, if, like exactly. There's a couple bad ones, but they're both like bottom of the table scraps. Yeah, I think it's four Southampton. No, they just played. Some yeah. force play somebody, Everton Southampton play somebody. Maybe. Yes. I don't, yeah, 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 something like that. that. Well, you'll, we'll figure out on Thursday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Manchester City won Chelsea nil part one. And while we're at it, let's go ahead and do part two. Manchester City four, Chelsea nil. I've got one thing before Jace uh, gets into his stuff. Graham Potter should not be getting blamed for what is happening at Chelsea whatsoever. 
No, they haven't scored in their last five games against Manchester City in all competitions. I believe Potter's only been the manager for these two. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, so I don't like, I mean, they weren't scoring against City under Tuchel, though it's not no. like this changes anything. Look, it's years of just poor money spending, just spending money to spend money, not really yeah. doing it. And Bully has continued that tradition, just buying players. And I'll just go straight into the first game. Just buying players because other people wanted him. Cucurella is the perfect example of that. Yeah. He was abysmal. Yeah. That was the Terrible. issue with Chelsea. This was one of the best games they played overall, I think, honestly, in a while. And but, they lost. You lose yeah, the game. Exactly. Because they had too many people that were just underperforming. I thought uh, Zakaria, Kovacic, the center backs, and the young guy, Carney. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last uh, name. Chuckle so will make him. Yeah. Uh, the young guy from Villa. I thought they okay. played well enough to Chelsea standards, but besides that, geez, dude. Yeah. Aubameyang was a ghost. Got subbed uh, on for an injured um, Sterling in like the fifth minute, subbed off in like the 70th for and, and young not, Amari Hutchinson. Not in the squad for the part two game that happened today where they lost 4-0. No Aubameyang in the, in the entire team. Yeah, I mean, he's... It's, I think his behavioral dead. issues coincided with his down track and form and yeah it was in maybe an easier decision for Arteta than people had originally thought of because maybe he just realized you know what this guy's kind of past it yes. besides all the other stuff Absolutely. this guy's kind of past it and you mentioned um you mentioned how oh, they haven't scored against City in the last what five meetings yeah the signings that have been made that bullies continued that are good let's review Chelsea's transfers that they have made since 2020 uh, we'll get your take on all of these. I've already got mine ready to go. Kai Havertz is who we're going to start with. Genuinely very bad. I, I don't think he has actually yeah. ever looked good. He lives off that Champions League final goal, and that's it. Yeah, I think the only reason he's not a f- complete flop is because he got them a Champions League. He hasn't been consistently good whatsoever. Hasn't been good in the league, but the Champions League goal gets him some credit. It's two years. He's ago. Sure, certainly not worth what they spent the money. No, no. And he, if I'm a Chelsea fan, I'm saying you offload him this summer. Uh, Who else came with him in that window? Timo Werner. Decent, but absolutely not whatsoever. And also discounted price. Yes. Already back at Leipzig for a discounted price. Ben Chilwell in that same summer. Jury still out two to three years later. Yeah. Can't stay fit. Injury prone as hell. Uh, Hakeem Ziyech has not worked at all and really hasn't. No, he didn't look like he was trying at all. I mean, dude, the difference between watching him play for Morocco in this game against City was night day. He hates. He does not want to be there. Um, Edouard Mendy came in that summer, had one good season, have not seen the guy since. Oh, wait, no, I did at Leeds. Away to Leeds. I remember seeing him there. Haven't seen him since that, though. Yeah. Um, And then who? Tiago Silva for free. Good business. Also, I don't think you expected that to be long-term business. Guess what? He's still playing two years But that's later. what? That's one out of six that are for sure hit, and it was oh, the yes. 34 or 35-year-old at the time. Yeah, and we're not even we're not done. We're not done. Next, The next summer after all those purchases, which, let's see, we, they got what, one? Yeah, one out of those. Romelu Lukaku for $100 million. Yeah. No need to say anything about it. Back to Inter on an $8 million loan fee. That's it. Flop. Wesley Fafana, I think he's a good player, but I haven't seen him in quite some time. Jury's still out, and he looks injury prone. Mark yeah, Cucurella. I mean, uh, seen, I just, 
just hasn't I just hasn't think that looked a semblance of what Brighton no had. I really think Bowley bought him because City were linked to him it's his transfer strategy is try and sign players that other teams are signing you know whose like, transfer strategy that is that's the Ed Woodward strategy that's why we bought Fred yeah this is not a person just, you want to be yeah in the same company with Raheem Sterling good player but can't carry an entire attack Koulibaly his best game was in a one nil loss has not been anywhere near the guy we saw at, La- at Napoli. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, oh my goodness, did Barcelona fleece you guys. I mean, yeah, Barcelona. that was the best piece of Barcelona business Barcelona have had in years, too. <laughs> yeah. Get Aubameyang for free, pay his wages for six months at a discounted rate, and then sell <laughs> it for a profit. Yeah, we got Lewandowski. Can you just get the hell out of here? And it works. Like, credit to him. That's the one time yeah. the year is credit Barcelona. The point of this being, the point of me going through those whole list of flops except for Tiago Silva? Yeah, except for Tiago Silva. I thought Kudabali had a good game. Jury's still out on him. Jury's still out on Fafana, a few other guys. But yeah, overall, but mostly bad. How is Graham Potter at fault for anything going wrong at Chelsea? I mean, how? This is the Yeah, squad. I think the same goes for Tuchel. It wasn't Tuchel's fault either. Yeah, but Tuchel... Was a part of the Romelu Lukaku hundred million. Yeah, I don't know. I do if he think that might have just co-signed been a that, that spend or money. yeah, maybe. But still, no, it's not there. Potter's fault. And City not are just Potter's better. Fault. Yes, and I mean the like back to the first game, uh, a great first half from Chelsea. City sub on Akanji and Rico Lewis at halftime for Walker and Cancelo, and just take over. Is uh is Rico Lewis going to take over for Kyle Walker? I think he is going to take over for Kyle Walker. He's, he's really inverted. Good. He's like the first inverted right back that we've seen. We've seen Zinchenko do it, kind of. Cancelo can do it, but he does no, it off but the like, left. This he guy does, looks he's like an inverted right. He can yeah, play center no, mid as a right back. Yeah, it looks like that's his like natural position is an yes. inverted fullback, which is just so weird. Like so that's just Pep, Pep might have been for long enough time. Pep might have been coaching this guy since he was like fourteen to like yeah. get him ready to play this position. Uh, <laughs> But then in a lab, like, like he's just like, yeah. no, you need to be positioned here. It's like, dude, I'm 14. Why are you coaching me? Yeah. I mean, and then my thing that I was going to talk about during the Arsenal game, but I'm going to talk about it here is mm. City need a goal. Nil, nil. Arsenal need a goal. Nil, nil. Arsenal sub on Tamiyasu because I know Smith Rowe and Jesus are hurt, but there's no other real attacking alternatives because Fabio Vieira is just not strong enough to play in a game like that. Right. City sub on Mars and Grealish, 150 million pounds worth of player, and they combine <laughs> for the winner. I mean, it's just there's a huge difference between the benches of yeah City and Arsenal. Like they're not even comparable, honestly. Yeah. And that's kind of what I have. What I took from this game was City played like crap, and they still win the game, kind of like champions do. And yeah. we, I need to see Arsenal get back in that pattern. I'm not sure. Against tougher teams like Newcastle, like City, United, it'll be tough before Jesus comes back to see yeah. if you can get over that hump. I mean, but like, think about this. Arsenal's win, the, the attack is fully healthy. Front three, Jesus, Martinelli, bought them, Saka Academy, the two subs, two attacking subs, Smithrow and Nketiah Academy. Academy. Like, yeah. there's yeah, got to be different some gravy. sort of actual like, money investment in the forward mm. position. It can't just yeah. be relying on and nothing against Smith Rowe and Eddie. Like it's great to see Academy produces three players of that like right. as good as those three. You're but, not complaining. Yeah. But I mean, you don't see 
Cole Palmer always coming on for City when they need a goal. You see Mars and Grealish. Yes. Um, I think the game today, the FA Cup game was over before it even started. Just bad from the start. Chelsea are beat up. That has to yeah. be said. They're and very I read, injured. I read something. Mason Mount's asking for 300K a week. No way, dude. I read that Mason Mount's asking for 300K a week on his new contract. Who would sign him to that? I don't think Chelsea fans would sign off on that right now. Mason Mount for 300K a week. We dude, Arsenal are trying league. to get Saka around 200. We, and he's a forward. Apparently, apparently, United put out a report this week that we're having a, a, a super player clause now. That no player can be paid significantly more than the others. We'll see how long that lasts. But that's like honestly how it should be. Unless mm-hmm. I mean that's how Liverpool did it. But then like you need to keep Salas. You you get him a little higher than you probably should. But there's awesome, nothing wrong be. with that. You just might like be. you have to do it for a while to kind of mellow everything nice. out. Right. And I think it might be a little bit of a also like how dumb are these owners? Like, will they sign off on this? Do they think I'm this good? Because I oh, that'd be crazy. If it is that, if he's just like seeing how much they will pay him and he's like 300K a week, I respect it fully, fully respect it. Okay. Um, yeah, if they are like, I mean, he can try. I just don't think they're going to say yes. No. Uh, do we need to have a Phil Foden conversation? Maybe. I mean, he started the season off well. He hasn't, he hasn't played a whole lot. He hasn't started a whole lot of games lately. And when he has, he's been subbed off. I don't know. Didn't start a whole lot for England at the World Cup. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And no one's saying a word about it. I don't know if he's one of his favorites anymore. Yeah. Um, He will be next season. He'll just have double-digit goals and assists. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on this game? You can think of these games that happened. Yeah, Chelsea, just not in a good spot. City in a very good spot. Yeah. In a very good spot. Yeah. and like I said, City do not drop points back-to-back. Ladies and gents, we've been here before. We know what to do. City do not drop points back-to-back. They jump up to just five points off Arsenal now and have opened a gap between themselves and kind of the others below being Newcastle, United, uh, Liverpool. Chelsea dropped to 10th, and they are now 10 points off Champions League football. They're also 10 points off the relegation zone. So not great. Not, not great. great. These guys have next up. Um, City have United away. And Chelsea play Fulham away on Thursday and then Palace on Sunday. Right. That's a, is that a RIP the Queen makeup game? I've, dude, I have no clue. <laughs> like, I literally have no idea what they're doing with this rescheduling. <laughs> I love, I thought you were just going to be like, yeah, I think so. And I have no clue. Okay. Yeah. All right. No Noted. clue. I tried, I tried to figure out what this game week that we're talking about was and I couldn't. I, so I'm just giving up. The rabbit hole of what week we're in is too much. I tried to do it too, and I just titled the episode Double J Biggest Episode Yet. So I just the games we play are the games we're playing. Like the games mm-hmm. that are played are the games we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Right. You're, what we talk about, you will have seen. So that's all you need to know. All right. Speaking of the Manchester United team that will be playing City next weekend, Manchester United three, Bournemouth nil. I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna make a claim. Marcus Rashford may right now. Right now, he may be the best winger in the league. I mean, he's carrying this United attack right now on his shoulders. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you there. But okay. I do think he is playing at a rate we haven't seen since he was 21, 22. Yeah. Uh, 
as you said, carrying the United attack. But what was really nice this game is, as we said before, there wasn't a ton to talk about going into this game. It's Bournemouth. You should beat them handily. But three different goal scorers, uh, Luke Shaw getting one, um, just spreading the love around, basically. It's what you like to see. Yeah, the Shaw goal was really, really nice uh, from back to front. Rashford has a really nice layoff in the middle of that that no one's going to give him credit for. I'm going to give him credit for it. Uh, he lays it off, takes the fullback completely out, and Shaw just takes a huge touch into the midfield, carries it out, plays Bruno, Garnacho a good pass right back in. Shaw kept his run. It's a great goal. The 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 Luke Shaw goal was a great goal. Kaisemiro goal was nice. If we lose Kaisemiro, the deck of cards come completely down. No. The spine of this United team is elite, meaning De Gea is doesn't is not as good as he used to be, but his shot stopping is still really good. The two right. center backs are elite. Casemiro, Bruno, Erickson's really damn good, and then Rashford. Yeah. If you I feel like if one of the spine is lost, especially <laughs> the center backs down, or Casemiro, that triangle, it's or Rashford, yeah. It's all it's of them. It's literally everyone great. you just named. If one of those of everyone you just named goes down, the it's yeah. Yeah, ship it. I think part of why this United team are so good so quickly under Ten Hag is that spine is already Mm. very good. He doesn't have to build the spine. Like it's not like you just have a good left back and a good winger and you know a a solid center mid. It's like very important position: center back, defensive midfielder. I want to ask you a question about Arsenal uh, and the change they saw. When did you see the change from Arsenal where you're like, "Oh crap, I can believe in them"? And why was it when Thomas Partey started playing there? Yeah, exactly. It was really yeah. Party and Gabriel both because exactly. Gabriel was is it is still raw, but he was extremely raw back then. Yeah, but he was finally like, "Wow, this isn't some washed up Socrates." No offense to right. these guys, David Luiz passed it. Um, Mustafi just never worked out. Um, it's the same way with me. So it was really Tom and Party with, and Gabriel. And there's a reason Fred. Arsenal tank when Party gets hurt. McFred for two years, and then you put Kaisemiro in there. Exactly. Water to wine. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's like, I, I, I would say like, I wish one of the like Ole or someone had had the opportunity to get him, but like, this was a once in a really a lifetime, so well once it. in a career opportunity. Cause he was never going to leave Real Madrid unless it was the right opportunity and him winning the champions league and then feeling like he'd completed it yes. there. It worked out. That was actually massive. Little did I know Liverpool losing the champions league would mean United get Kaisemiro. Yeah. Double off. Incredible. Double L. Um, okay. Uh, next question, just because we're getting on this. Are we in a title race? I don't think so because of what we so just either. said. We're not. Actually, not that let, me say, any, let me say I different. don't think so. Let me clarify. We are not. All right. Continue. Yeah. But not really not that Arsenal are any different in terms of like those type of players getting injured. But yeah. um, I think we saw right before the break. And who was that game against? Was it uh, Unai's Villa. Villa? Yeah, but it was first uh, game. Yeah, it was his first game, but like there will be other slip ups, I feel like. But it does look like there's a clear top four in terms of form right now. And no one else is playing nearly as good as Arsenal City, Newcastle, and Manchester United. No. Uh, I also think uh, we didn't have rain for that Villa game or Anthony, which some people are just saying. Right. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to the injury thing. Um, uh, yes, but yeah. it does. It does. No, Jason directly goes back to the yeah. injury thing, <laughs> right? If we lose one player, all the deck of cards fall. I, I, I'm going to sarcastically just for the people that listen to this episode for the rest of the season until it's really not seeable. I'm going to say United in our title race sarcastically. Okay. 
for those who don't listen past this, they're just going to get triggered the entire time. So we can just let that happen. I mean, not really title race. We'll have a good gauge in two weeks. Yeah, when we play, you play yeah, first we'll, and second. We'll have a good gauge in first. Freaking six days, and we go to we have to play City. Yeah. If we if we beat City, we're what a point off them. Anything can happen at that point. Hell, yeah, I believe. Um, I've told myself and United fans preseason zero expectations. Again, I'm very, I'm just very happy with the football I'm seeing. Not only that. But also, it's nice to have a group of guys I can just be like, man, I love this team. They're the, a yeah. majority of the team. I genuinely like them as not just players, but as people that I've imagined in my head because I don't know them personally. Yeah, Tenog's done a wonders, not just on him. the field, but off the field as well. I love him. I love him. I love you, Eric Tenog. United staying fourth on goal difference, but on level points with Newcastle now, who we also have a game in hand on. Uh, meanwhile, we didn't really talk a whole lot about Bournemouth. They're really bad. Yeah. Where do they, they sit are now? Plummeting, sitting 16th, just one point off the relegation zone. JC, do they have them next? Um, yeah, real quick on Bournemouth, though. They lost to Burnley in the FA Cup uh, yeah, either yesterday or today. It wasn't close. It wasn't close. Burnley drubbed them. Uh, and that just tells you all you need to know about where those two teams are going to be playing next year. Burnley looking like they're going to cruised either first or second in the championship. Um, and then Bournemouth looking like they're going down. Uh, but that being said, Bournemouth have Brentford away up next. And then that's another tough one. Yeah. They're going to take an L there. And then obviously United have city. Yeah, city at home. Uh, oh, I have one more thing on this game. Uh, locking it in. I'm going to go ahead and lock it in. Bournemouth and Southampton are going down. Definitely. I completely agree. Bournemouth and I'm Southampton sure are going down. We'll find some sort of punishment that we'll say at a later date. And if they go up, we can just say it didn't happen. Uh, we'll find some punishment later on if that doesn't happen. I forgot I still have a tattoo bet that I made at the beginning of all of this. That what I was get, it? I don't even remember. I think I would get Eric Tenhog's face tattooed on my my ass if uh, City don't win the league. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll check back there in March. <laughs> All right, let's move right along. Uh, actually, we're going to take our, our episode break here before we get into the um, Frank Lampard clown show that was Everton this week. So be right back. Okay, welcome back. Thank you for waiting. Well, we got to do it. Everton fans, this one's going to hurt. Everton 1, Brighton 4, and United 3, Everton 1. We're just going to rip the Band-Aid off, two-for-one combo. Two birds, one stone. This last week is just all the evidence you need as to why we named it the Frank Lampard warm seat. Yeah, I mean, it's just classic Frank Lampard. We said this would happen, or mm-hmm. we said it could happen, but I think we both thought it would happen. Yes. Huge result against City, followed by just an absolute beating at the hand of the team, mm-hmm. of a team that, frankly, you're supposed to be competing with in the table, and you're just not. Uh, Brighton, Matoma, Ferguson, Marsh, Gross, all get goals, and they annihilated. just annihilated. annihilated them. It, it was wasn't close. Damari Gray scored a penalty in the 92nd minute. Like, yes. Yes. It was not. There was nothing hiding the fact that they got absolutely trounced. Um, the entire defense was on ice with Matoma the entire game. The entire game, Matoma had everyone on ice. It feels like that kid is, and he's 25, call him a kid, 25, but. The first year of seeing him, incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, he's really good. Another another great piece of business by Brighton. No, no surprise. 
No, no surprise whatsoever. Um, when this Brighton team fully get Alexis McAllister back, they're going to be so dangerous. It feels yeah. like he's taken that step. The manager, he's taken that step to getting them where they need to be. Deserve Exactly. They're scoring enough to make up for conceding a couple goals. And when the defense plays like it did against Everton, who don't really offer that much going forward. But, uh, I mean, what really matters is what he's done in the attack. They continue to look brighter and better under Deserby in the attack. And, I mean, he just has them where they need to be. They're winning games. Yep. I think they'll take the trade. They had Grandpa going to Chelsea and and getting Deserby in. They've looked better. They've attacked in in offense. They concede a lot more, which is what happens when you're scoring more goals. They both got results at Brighton. Exactly. Deserby is getting them in a different way than Potter did. It's completely, completely true. Okay, uh, good job, Brighton. Now let's get on to these idiots. You guys gave up. That Brighton game was embarrassing. In, from an Everton point of view, you gave up. Gave up. Didn't I give think that crap. tells you. I think that tells you something about Frank. It sounds like he's a player's coach. Like it sounds like that everyone likes him and that there's no problem behind the scenes. So at least he's better than Gerard in that respect. Yeah, but if he can't get them fired up after like what is essentially a huge point for them in a relegation scrap, which they're fully in against city. He can't get them up to play Brighton. No. And did you like, see the defending? I mean, the defending was terrible. Horrible. terrible. And they have a it's like they field there. That's like unless they're in a low decent. block. Exactly. And it, and that completely negates anything you've got going offensively, which by the way, isn't all that great. Isn't all that great. Calvert Lewin is not the guy we, you need him to be. No. He's not the guy he was two years ago. He's just not. I believe you had him as your underperformer the um, season when we started all this, actually. Yeah, I think I might we have. We both I'll nailed that. might have been our at... best prediction. I had yeah. already, you had Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just didn't see DCL doing – if he doesn't score, Everton are in trouble. Everton in a relegation fight. Everton yeah. in the relegation zone. Straight and, up. And this has to be I, – I thought he was a dead man walking uh, against United when they came out for the FA Cup. They had a little bit of fight. They gave us a little bit of a game, but guess what? We won 3 1. 1 3 1. And to be honest with you, I wasn't all that worried. It got a little shaky there because we weren't playing that. United weren't playing that well. But in all honesty, I was fully anticipating United to. And what? To the, the two goals they scored in these two games we're talking about one, a 90 second minute penalty, the other, an egregious error. Yeah. And like. They didn't. I think I, I don't really offer what anything. goal it was. The problem is with these games now. These games are so far long back the the prim games that I forget which goal it was for Brighton. But I remember when I saw it, I was watching the the goal rush on Peacock, and it goes and another goal at Everton. I was like, oh goodness, Brighton, not again. And they score. I think it might have been the. It was the Sully Marsh goal. It was the Sully Marsh goal where Tarkowski tries to dive his head at yes, the ball. Yes, yeah. Sully not Marsh, even close. Not, even, so, close. not even close. Because Sully Marsh like hesitates when he sees what he's doing, and it is the funniest thing watching Tarkowski just look as Sully Marsh kicks it, laying on the ground. So funny. That was Everton in a nutshell. This entire week it was James Tarkowski laying on the ground watching Sully Marsh score. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. They're just not – they don't have it, and Frank doesn't have it, and, and, and I, I don't think know what they're waiting for. Maybe some, they're waiting people for may call game. me People may call me an idiot for this, but I think it's majority true. There are some players that go manager that do not have a tactical brain. They were great players, but that doesn't mean they have a good tactical brain. I think Gerard's in that category. 
I think Solskjaer's in that category. I think Lampard's in that category. Um, I'm trying to think of it. I mean, Gary Neville, but that's just obvious. Yeah, um, there, are plenty. I, there are plenty. There are plenty out there. You know what I'm saying, what saying, though? Yeah. They, and they go, and their tactical management is go out there and give your all, man, and you'll win the game. With sides like Everton, who have a defense like they have, that doesn't work. They you need to be told to directly have, what exactly. to do, when to do it in every single situation. They need to know before they go on the pitch what yep. they're going to do. You can't just tell them to go out there and vibe. They're not good enough. No, you can't tell them go out there and give your all because if they, if the players out there are not coherent, it isn't going to work. Isn't going to work. Um, for the United game, they showed that, like I said, they had a little fight in them. But the tactics weren't there. Anana looked really good. Anana was also out of position a lot because he doesn't know where to be because his manager is not telling him. So, and the left wing's a huge problem. They're playing Seamus Coleman still. And he, like I said, Matoma had the defense on skates basically the whole game. Rashford was everywhere for United. It was all going right through him and he was running right at Coleman every time. And Godfrey and him ended up double teaming him. And I've never seen that in a long time where they were doubling up on a winger. Yeah, they just have a lot of holes and they have tried to spend money and it hasn't worked. And it's not going to work while he's at the helm. Fact of the matter is, if you want to save your season, you got to sack him. Have to. And I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I just don't see how he's going to. It hasn't I mean, happened he's yet. great by last year. Like they got help from teams around them really yeah. being bad. And they survived with two or and three Richarlison. games left. Richarlison was the reason yeah, they survived. Yeah. And he's gone. So what do you do this season? Anthony Gordon? Really? That's that's what we got? I don't know. I think, I think Everton fans will be just saying yes to everything we've said here. I don't think they'll be disagreeing. I think they want a manager who's going to keep them in this division. I don't even... They I, can't I get relegated, me. dude. Like, no, all the can't. young players, like Onana that you were just talking about, that they've brought don't in, go. they go. immediately lose. And you and guess what? You paid thirty three and a half million for Andre Onana. Guess how much he goes for if you go to the championship? Fifteen, maybe. May, yeah, dude, maybe I, it might maybe even fifteen. Probably yeah. less. Like, yeah, you're it's probably gonna... right. It's, it will absolutely have that. And guess what? I would love for you guys to pay that. So, I think it's Sean Dyche time. I'm calling it Sean Dyche time. I want my dude. I really just hope they. We've seen some of the rumors about Wayne Rooney. Mention mm-hmm. that real quick. Mm-hmm. I really hope he doesn't do that. You don't think you don't think now he should go to Everton? I think Everton need to sign a Sean Dyche type for six months and make sure they stay in the league and then go get a Wayne Rooney. I would yeah. hate for Rooney to like we thought it was rough for Arteta jumping into like a what tenth or eighth place Arsenal team in December of whenever that was, twenty twenty. Yeah. Dude, throwing Rooney in his first job outside of the championship or league one and MLS to the middle of a relegation scrap with an underperforming Everton Everton team just seems like a brutal way to handle things. Club legend, England legend, though. I mean, I'm not saying it'd be a bad signing. Like, Rooney's a... He seems like he is not like the coaches, the managers we just mentioned. mentioned, uh, Right, he's got a brain on him. Yeah. Right. Um, Don't think anyone said that about Rooney, but I do think he does have a tactical side to his game. He did good with Darby. With what he had, yeah, he did and he's good. doing fine with DC United. They're terrible. They, yeah, they're he's horrible. He's just like giving all the young guys a lot chance. of young, yeah, a lot of young kids. I think is what you're telling me. Um, for Everton, you got to get rid of this guy, man. Frank Lampard warm seat is the Frank Lampard 
hot seat or fatal seat, near death yeah. seat. I waiting think a, to be uh, executed seat. I think the axe will be swung this week if they lose. They're hosting Southampton <laughs> in an absolutely massive relegation game at home, yeah. Southampton. Oh, you gosh. have to win. If they lose that game to a Southampton team that we'll talk about in a minute that just yeah. lost at home to Nottingham Forest in another <laughs> relegation scrap, yep. that is a sackable offense in its own right, Yeah, given where they are, and then you have to factor in what has happened here in the last couple of months. Yeah, you do. Okay, uh, Everton sit in the relegation zone. They are 17th. They're one point from safety, or they level. Let me get a look. Excuse me, patience. Holding for station identification. Uh, they are level with West Ham, but have a one less better goal difference. So they are in the relegation zone in 18th. They sit one point ahead of Wolves, three point ahead of Southampton, who they play. You said next week, Jace? That's who I'm yes. going Oh, that's that is by the way that's the gross game that I was thinking of that I was like I think it's still a relegation battle but I remember there being a really gross game Everton yeah. Southampton's the really gross game um they're probably the two most out of form teams them and Bournemouth right now yeah I would say so those three yeah so and then uh who do they play oh yes Brighton sitting eighth very comfortable 27 points they'll be fighting with Fulham Brentford Chelsea for uh conference league um do you like that? How I threw Chelsea in the conference league fight. Yeah, no, Chelsea are fighting for conference league. Yes. Um, I saw a tweet today from a Chelsea fan that really made me laugh. He goes, no one gets it. Chelsea are playing the long con to be the first ones to win every single European competition. So they're trying to get <laughs> the con. I was like, yeah, all right. You know what? I'll give That's that funny. one to you. Credit to the you. Jose Mourinho of clubs. Yes, the Jose Mourinho of clubs. Uh, Brighton in eighth. Yeah, they're comfortable. 27 points, yeah. one off Fulham in seventh, uh, one above and, uh, in eighth and ninth. They'll be hosting Liverpool next. Oh, yes. That's the other tasty game that I remember being That's a good game. Was like Brighton, Liverpool could be really fun. Liverpool out of form, Brighton in form. Fun game. Okay. Shall we move right along? Tottenham four, Palace nil. I, I, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to ask it. Are Tottenham back? Um, I mean, it was a good first half. They didn't concede, and then they showed what they're capable of in the second half. I don't want to say they're back. Um, I wouldn't either. I think Vieira, I'll talk about Palace real quick. Vieira and Palace have been so all over the place this season, especially yeah. at the back. Yes. We try to keep saying that they're going to like do this stuff, and they're beating enough of the teams they're supposed to beat to stay out of that 13 to bottom group. But I mean, dude. I think they what had a huge opportunity like, this season. They had a huge opportunity to get into that Fulham, Brentford, Brighton group. Yes. And they exactly. just haven't taken advantage of any of the games we remember Palace taking advantage of last season, seasons past. They're just getting, they're accepting defeat against all big sides, mid table teams like the Brentford, the Brightons, the Fulhams, and the Chelsea's. Um, they're, they're admitting that, okay, if we can get a point, that's nice. I don't think with the talent they have, that's, that should be the thought. That process. should no. That shouldn't be how they play. I I think they played or Spurs played most of the game how they wanted to, which is Palace's fault. You yes. can't let Spurs just fly down the flanks and counterattack you. Like it's and, not going to. It's impossible to beat them that the box. Kane had five yards in the box like two or three times. You can't let yeah. that happen. It's just not. It's not feasible as as a strategy to beat Tottenham. You have to get the space no. compact and make them work for it. And I mean, but that's what Tottenham this is what Tottenham are capable of if they can get out and run and play how yes. they want to. I mean, four goals in 45 minutes, Kane to Doherty, I think his first Spurs goal and then Son finally scored. They'll be more happy with that than the three points honestly. 
Yeah. Um, I kind of clowned this lineup when it first came out. I was looking, I was like, Dyer, Longley, Parasic, Oliver Skip, Darty. Uh oh, the Darty goes and gets a goal. Classic, classic, just how we drew it up. I, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say Spurs are back. I think this is a game where they no. just catch Palace. Palace at the right still had time. 19 shots. They only yeah. managed to get four on frame. I mean, Spurs did not play a perfect game whatsoever. Palace a striker. We can't keep doing the Jordan IU, Zaha, whatever up top thing. Can't happen. It's not working and it's not going to work. Zaha's a left winger. I use not. I use also a winger. I'm not sure if it's left or right. He can play either left or right, but I don't think he's a striker. He's you need a striker. Either. You need a natural number nine. The Odson Edward experience, I think, is over. The Mateta experience, I think, experiment needs to be over. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't think it's. I any- think they need to focus on the back and re solidify it because they have good players in the back. Yeah, they do. Um, they should really be game? trying to get Wamasaka back with the way he's been playing. They really should. Like kind of we'll, perfect for them because they'll honestly, play defense. I think I think if they paid 35 40, we'd take it. I guess I wish it like it's been so long since that transfer, that money is long gone and spent. Like yes. I feel like if it was closer, they'd be more willing to just fork up 40 million. Like, oh, we just got whatever it was at the time, yes. like two years ago, but now it's been right. what, four or five? Four. Yeah, and he's still youngish. Like he can still be developed to a degree. So um anything else on this game? No, good game for Spurs. Yeah, good game for Spurs. A get-right game that we should have seen coming. Um, we actually set it a game too early. They sit fifth now, two points off United. Uh, United do have that game in hand still. They are five points ahead of Liverpool in sixth, who also have a game in hand. So Tottenham are just ahead. Just know Tottenham are ahead. Uh, yeah. And then Palace sit in 12th on 22 points. Villa have jumped them on goal difference, so they're going to be in that group. They're they're five points ahead of Leicester below them in 13th, so they're they're going to be in that mid table section for the rest of the rest of the year. Yeah, they should be. Um, next up, Spurs have Arsenal at home, and Palace have Chelsea away. Nice, nice. That's going to be tough. Palace gets that stretch again that we talked about at the beginning of the season, yeah. don't they? Yeah, it's tough. Okay, moving right along these last four games, West Ham two. Leads to Leeds lose Leeds. They love it. They absolutely yep. love it. Leeds lose Leeds. That's a perfect, that's just the best way to put it. Um, it was an exciting game though. Uh, Nato scored the opener for Leeds. I think he's their best young talent. Um, him and Somerville are freaking yeah. good. They're really good. Did, did you see the story of why they bought him? No, they really that's wanted funny. Charles uh, de Classe. Class mm-hmm. A or whatever, you know, AC Milan yeah, for AC Milan. They really wanted him, it didn't work out, so they basically panic bought Gnato, like 19 year old Italian, um, on deadline day. And it's just, it's been a hit. I mean, he's all over the place, he's great, scored his first goal. Um, but then, as you said, leads, Lou leads, and Paquetta scores from the spot, and Scamacha scores another banger because he does not score ordinary goals. Nope, no normal goals. I mean, yeah, this bangers. was an. I mean, this was another great one. Like he, he does not score ordinary goals. Yeah. Um. This game actually, uh, I hate to be that guy. This game made me want David Moyes sacked because I saw the talent that is there if given proper coaching. I think Ben Rama's been very good this season and of late, and not a lot of people are talking about it because West Ham are where they are, but. Like it or not, they're on the same points as the team in a relegation zone. And it's a one goal difference at this point in time. So I'm not sure if I I get it. A point is decent, but it's a game you should have won. It's really a game you should have won. When it went to 2-1, I thought, here's West Ham. 
here we go. Close this out. Move on. No. Nope. Yeah, it wasn't really hard for Rodrigo to get the equalizer no, either. It was it a great, it was like a good movement and a good shot. Yeah. But I mean, there wasn't really much resistance. And but I do agree with you on the Moyes thing. I think this was a fluke. Two goals with two shots on target. Um one of them made I mean, leads. Yeah, leads a penalty and a bang. Well. But yeah, their goals this year are coming from outside the box and from the spot. It's, it's like that's just not that's not sustainable. And I mean, they're just I'm not going to call it lucky because it was a penalty and a great goal, yeah. but they're just not creating chances and they're getting, they got fortunate. Yeah. Really. I, I don't think, um, I don't think Bowen, Suchek, even Paqueta coming in have looked like what they needed. And I don't think that's on them. I think that's more on a manager problem. No, I think we've seen too many good times from those guys to assume that all of them are just bad. Now. Yeah. Like I, we just wouldn't see a drop off from five players, you know, no. like all at once. But, and Except I think the West Ham, the West Ham owners will be looking at Villa and Wolves and be like, these two teams will yeah. look like completely different teams under new managers. Yeah. I think it's about to be axing season here very quickly. I agree. Cause I, I mean, see... it's getting to that time of the year. Yeah. We're, we're teams. have just got to look at it and say, this is a business decision at this point. Nothing yeah. against you, nothing against whatever. This is a business decision. We need to say in this league, West Ham, you're in 17th. You're on level points with Everton. You have a one better goal difference. I think it's time. I think, it, and, and if you can hold out to the end of the season, that's great because I think a summer restart's better than sacking a guy midseason. But if it continues to where you're looking and you keep looking and you're right there, it has to, this yeah. has to end and soon. I don't think either of us dislike Moyes. Like, no, I just think it's run its time. It's, it's, yeah, it's run its course. He did, he got all he could out of that team, and yeah, they've been figured out and it's gone stale. Yeah, West Ham sitting 17th, like I said, leads in 14th, two points ahead of them. They could flirt with a relegation fight. I don't think they will. I think, I think they have too many good players. I think other side. teams are there, are two or three teams, not including Southampton and Bournemouth, that are just worse than them. Oh, can we talk before we get? Getting the next steps. Leeds' defense is terrible. Horrible. Horrific. Pascal Strauch, Strauch. They signed him to a new deal. No, they didn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. He's the worst the defender deal. in the league. In the league. I watched him today against Cardiff and he was crap. Cooper's decent. Cox, he's terrible. I think Ailing's good offensively, but he gets caught up field a lot. Get caught up feeling like a 93rd minute against West Ham. Yeah. What December 21st, Pascal Strook signs a new contract. Five years. Yes. Yeah. They've got to get a new, they've got to get a couple center backs and they've got to get a stroke replacement. Dude, and I, I hate to say it. Obviously, he's a huge Jesse Marsh fan, but I'm wondering if he's going to survive this season because, dude, they're, it's like Palace. They're so hit or miss. No, he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. You think they'll so? Well. As long as yeah. they don't get sucked down into that bottom three. I think if he had lost today away to a really bad Cardiff team in the FA Cup, you could have. I would have been with you on that claim, though. Yeah, I assume and that's going to replay. It is going to replay. Two-two uh, in the end, they were down two-nil. Nato was definitely offside for their equalizer. Uh, no, late on, there's no VAR at this stage, is there? There's no VAR at grounds that are not Premier League grounds that can't service VAR. Okay. So Sonny Perkins scored in the 93rd minute for Leeds, made it 2-2. Um, definitely offside. Very funny, though. Uh, okay, moving right along. 
Shall we get into Fulham one? Oh, wait, who do these guys have next up? Uh, next up, West Ham are Wolves away. Um, another nice. battle at the bottom. And Leeds have Villa away. Ooh, both fun games. Villa in a weird yeah. stretch of form. They lost today to Stevenage. Did you see that? Yeah. Villa lost today to Stevenage, 2-1. Uh, Stevenage scored two goals in the final five minutes. It was insane. Fans were going nuts. Their manager... We tweeted a picture out of him. Stevenage's manager is an absolute unit, an absolute unit of a man. He is huge and yeah. he's awesome. He looks incredible. Like, like an American it's incredible. football coach. Yeah, he does. He um, looks like Andy Reid. Yeah, he literally looks like Andy Reid. Okay, uh, moving right along. Fulham one, Leicester nil. Uh, Leicester yeah. is just going to do this the rest of the season, aren't they? This is just yep. going to be a consistent thing of we're going to be so average, but we have the talent to not get relegated, and I'm going to hate it. That's exactly what they're going to do. And Ugh. I think this result says more about Fulham. They didn't play anywhere near their best game, yet they keep a clean sheet and win. When do we ever see promoted teams come in and don't and not play well away from home and win the yeah. game? Uh, not, I'm not saying Leicester or any like a world beater or anything. Uh, Iosi Perez missed uh one of the maybe one of the worst misses of the season i mean the ball was just floating across the box to him. I it saw was, that. That was so terrible. easy on the on the ground not even that bouncing, was terrible right? and he just he just missed um so that happened but <laughs> it was just, wagons right now there's yeah, wagons. i mean it's it's literally that it's just fulham or just Marco good. silva yeah mitrovic they, they, gets the early goal and they just lock down the fort exactly they have Polina back there. They've got Reem back there. Dude, what a signing defense. he's been. He's yeah, been Polina's in the signing 11 of the season. Polina has, has been, been fantastic. I think he Ken might lead the and, league. Uh, Matthias Nunes for Wolves, surprisingly, I think will be in mind too. I, he He's lately has been a freak. Since he since Lopetegui's come in, that guy's been insane. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of improvement from him, I think. Uh, yeah. But yeah, as far as this game, I just thought Fulham, I was just impressed by the way Fulham didn't perform their best, but still got all three points. Yeah. Didn't uh, Tielemans hit an absolute banger off the post in this game? Yeah. 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 I thought that they was had going some, right They had in. some luck go their way, but sometimes yeah. that's how it goes. Uh, that defense is still really bad. Defense is bad. Lester, your defense is bad. You're yeah. going to let in a goal a game at least. And against teams like Fulham, against teams like Newcastle, against teams like, hmm, trying to think of who else, Tottenham, I would say even sometimes to a degree. It, you're done. It's it. It's over. They're not gonna. They're not gonna let. They're not gonna concede when they get a first goal. I would be very surprised if they did. Yeah. Okay. Anything else in this game? Kind of a nothing game, Jason. No, just a good one. All right. Uh, Fulham sit sixth. Sixth now, right? Sorry, uh, I'm not sure. Give me to the table. Fulham sit in seventh. They're uh, level on points with Liverpool, but they have a nine less goal difference. While Leicester, huh, conveniently, uh, Liverpool won nine nil. Yes, right. The so only the reason Bournemouth that... game is the difference between <laughs> Fulham and Liverpool. That's hilarious. That's uh, uh, hey man, makes sense to me. Um, yeah. And then Leicester in thirteenth, they're on seventeen points. They could flirt with a relegation battle if they're not careful, but I think they have too much talent, and they're going to be boring as hell the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, I would completely agree with that. Uh, Fulham have Chelsea at home on Thursday and then Newcastle away on um, Sunday. Tough couple games for them in the space of three or four days. 
and then Leicester have Forest away, another huge game at the bottom of the table. Yep. This week, this week is huge for bottom and two huge rivalries at the top of the table, and then what of the bottom five? Four of them are playing each other. It's a huge the implication weekend. Yeah, it's a big implication weekend. Big implica, a lot of implications. How many times do you think we're going to hear that this week? The implication of them losing this game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to these last two games. Speaking of that Forest side, Leicester are going to face Forest 1, Southampton nil. I had to say it before the game. If Forest beat Southampton, which I saw coming, Southampton are going down. Southampton are going down. Straight down. Yeah. So a uh, real barn burner of a game. One shot on target <laughs> combined between the two teams. Great ball from Brennan Johnson to Wanyi, uh to put it away for the goal for Forrest. Um, but for Southampton, I think Nathan Jones might get hired and fired in the same season. He, I, he's going to get, he's going to get, sacked. they don't have a point under him yet. And he's just lost to a direct relegation rival at home. Mm-hmm. And didn't have a shot on target. Yeah. I it's mean, bad. it's yeah. I mean, it's like, they're just hoping to get fouled near the outside of the box or yes. in the box. So Ward Prowse can get a shot, a clean shot off. Like it's literally literally their only hope. They cannot score. The defense was like a little bit better this game. As I said, only one shot on target for Forrest, but Forrest aren't world beaters going forward or anything. Yeah. I don't think it's like, it's not, it's not the best position to be in if you're Southampton, but at the same time, you should not be losing to Forrest at home. I know the season sucks. I know your only scoring chances are probably Ward Prowse free kicks or set pieces. Take advantage of that. Don't concede. Especially don't yeah. concede early. Goodness. It's, I mean, it. I, I think that they have finally used up all their magic. Last season, surviving. Uh, they, they were a little bit, they were better than the down. season before under Ralph. But they've yeah. survived multiple times in the last 10 years, and they yeah. might have used up all their magic. And I feel bad for them. If they're like, you know, we're no warning signs, but you lost nine nil multiple times. Yeah, literally twice many, in the last five how years. How many more flags do you want to see? Yes, they lost it to us. They lost to and, and Leicester. Leicester. Once a season for two seasons. And then this season you're going, man, how, how are we in this position? This is crazy. Their moment of the season was the meme they tweeted after Bournemouth got beat nine nil. Like, uh, <laughs> like the... The uh, James Franco at the uh, first time at the hangman's noose and he looks at the guy. Yeah. First time. Yeah. First that was time. their highlight of their season. <laughs> yeah. The highlight of your season being a meme, your social media team posted is proof that you are definitely bottom of the table, which Southampton are forest sit uh, 16th. I, I, I got to stop saying things before I get to the table Forest sit 15th on 17 points. They are two points clear of safety. Now huge couple of weeks for Steve Cooper, who I'm sure we'll get to later. Jason, yep. these guys have next up. Uh, next up, Forrest have Leicester at home, as we've talked about, huge game, and Southampton have Everton away, also a huge game, for in terms of implications. Our next episode is just going to be titled The Implication. Yep. It's going to be The Implication. We'll go through all, all right. the implications of all these games. So many implications that I don't even know how many implications there can be. Okay. Before my brain breaks. Villa one, Wolves one. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be straight up and honest. Just gonna announce it. Do not remember a second of this game. 
Yeah, um, it was a pretty even game. I don't remember much of it either. Potent scored early. Ings scored late. Um, it was a good sub from Unai to put Ings on. Uh, but it was pretty much an even game. My main point from this is both teams look so much better under the new yeah. Spanish managers. Yeah, I know. Uh, I-, I watched the Wolves-Liverpool game, obviously, uh, that we can get into here in a minute. Um, yesterday, and they were incredible. I mean, they were incredible. They went to Anfield and said, screw it. We're going to go out of the competition. We're going to go out with an absolute fight, and they should have won the game. They get a replay. Um, in this game, like I said, I look back and look at the highlights. Villa have finally found a shape that works. Now, today against Stevenage, it didn't work because they still play narrow as hell. And it works when you have tactics behind that and not just go out there and do your best in this formation, guys. Woohoo! Like, when you have a manager as a brain and Emery, it works in the league. Just against games like Wolves where you're like, you sh- could or should be winning that, it's because they play, they still play so narrow. Yeah, well, and Unai knows how to get points with teams like this. He's done it with Sevilla and with Ariel. Um, and look at Tegnos and give results with teams like Wolves. Exactly. Well, who like was where Wolves who, usually? Where did he come from? I can't remember. Sevilla. Yeah, Wasn't I think he, he sacked was at Sevilla. I think he got sacked by Sevilla. Yeah, and then went to Wolves after not after turning down the job earlier. Right. Yeah, he originally okay. turned it down. But yeah, they just. So much improvement before both of them. Wolves are, are they pulling themselves out? They're out of the relegation zone now, I believe, right? They are not. They are 19th. They're not. They're still in 19th. Yeah, 14 points. They're one point off Everton, West Ham, and two points off Bournemouth. I have no concerns of Wolves going down. No, and they have West Ham this week at home. They win that, they're out. Yeah, and I, is it crazy to say I would, I favor Wolves in that game? No, I Whose line is it anyway? Whose line is it anyway? Give it, give me, give me a line. I can look at it right now. Or Wolves West Ham. Wolves West Ham. Um, I can check real quick. Who do you think I is favored? I'm already on it. Uh, Wolves, I would say. I mean, Wolves are look at the form. Wolves are the favorites. Yeah. And they're, they're on the table, but favorites. Yep. They're I think I think Lopetegi's gonna make Molyneux a fortress. Absolute yeah. fortress. Agreed. Okay. All right, I think that's all we got for our yeah. review. I'm going to look at some of these FA Cup games and see if there are any we need to talk about. Mo Salah was definitely offside. Can we get that out there? Yeah. That, I mean, that was blatantly obvious. Um, I don't think th- Darwin Nunez scored. It was a nice finish. Great ball from Trent. And then somehow Wolves get called offside. Did you see any explanation to this? I still haven't seen an explanation to how no, he was offside. I didn't. I have no clue. I didn't really see much follow-up. Okay. Um, obviously, some pretty big upsets. Fleetwood Town beat QPR. And ever since that QPR manager has turned down the Wolves job, they have been going south. Uh, Chesterfield draw with West Brom. Hilarious. Obviously, Burnley just absolutely destroying Bournemouth, as Jay said. That's just proof in the pudding of where they're going to be next year. Um, and then the uh, Sheffield Wednesday beat Newcastle. I think that's the that was the real massive upset from this weekend. Sheffield Wednesday two. Oh, Wrexham beat one. Coventry. That's right. Wrexham did beat Coventry yeah. yesterday. Three league upset. Yeah, that was the big one. And uh, Tottenham only scoring one against Portsmouth at home. Really? Oh well. Sad. FA Cup first weekend. Yeah. All right. Wrexham, congratulations to them. Shall we get into the Double J Awards, Chase? Yes, let's do it. All right, we'll be right back with our Double J 2022 yearly awards. 
Okay. Awards time. The Double J 2022 End of Year Awards. We are going to start out with our Managers of the Year. Jace, give me your Biased Manager of the Year. Um, I don't really have a bias one. I just have, I pretty much came to a consensus. Okay. Um, I've got Eddie Howe. Um, from the moment he came in Newcastle, or came to Newcastle, I believe it was New, uh, November 8th of last year when they announced him. I'm not sure when he actually took over the managing. Uh, but they've been top four from the start. Only City, Liverpool, and Arsenal managed more points this year. Um, but I do have two shout-outs for other ones, Marco Silva and Mikel Arteta. I think they both deserve credit as well. Okay. Uh, my bias one is Eric Ten Hag. Uh, I'm going to be biased in this one. Uh, won the league in the Dutch league. Hang the banner in United for that. Uh, has come to United and completely rejuvenated the team. Horrible start. And I think if you take those two games out of it, look at the the actual games he's had have been incredible. With that being said, he is not the manager of the year because he's only been at United for, what, five months? Um, I would go with Eddie Howe, but I've come to a consensus on Marco Silva because I had this dude for sure going down and he has Fulham fighting for Europe. No, I completely like that's why I felt like I had to mention him. Um, yeah. I mean, what gets them? Um, did they win the championship or did Bournemouth? Uh, I think Fulham won uh, because thought... Mitrovic scored 40 goals. Or yes, whatever. yes, Mitrovic yeah. scored 40 yeah, goals. So he, yeah, win, yeah. he wins the championship. You and me both, and pretty much everyone, most pundits, Fulham are definitely Fulham going down, down, and yep. they're in seventh. And like, look at the thing. Look at what he's doing it with. Dick Cordova Reed scoring goals in the Premier League, something that is, he has not d- been able to do in his career. Mitrovic, a guy who really hasn't been able to put up a season like this in the Premier League, where Dude, his nothing team close. Has been, what nothing close. Last time, last time he had less than half the goals he already has right now. Like, yeah. I mean, it's what he's done at Fulham this year is like nothing short of remarkable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving right along, Jace, your player of the year. Uh, mine is Erling Holland, even though he's only been in the Premier League for half the season. Um, already has 21 or 22 goals. Uh, unbelievable. And yeah. he was tearing the Bundesliga up the first half of the year. Yeah, I, I was thinking about trying to find a different one. I was like, I could say Mbappe. I, I didn't want to go out of the Premier League. I was keeping it. Try. I wanted to keep this Premier League only as player of the Me year. Too. It has to be Erling Holland. The dude's a robot. Dude's a freak. Like I could say De Bruyne, because De Bruyne, I think at the end of last season, did a lot for City and was a real, without him, they don't win that league. Liverpool well, come back and win that league. So I'd love, I, I, you know what? Just for the sake of we're doing this, I had Holland and De Bruyne on mine because I think as a pair, and I came out yeah. and said, do we need to have a discussion about Kevin De Bruyne? I, I wasn't saying that. Realistically, I was saying... He hasn't been scoring as much as he did when they were winning the league. Now he has Holland there. He has nine assists in the league. Yeah, so, exactly. Like he had, he has nine assists in the shortened first half of this season. As much as they haven't looked good of late, uh, and by haven't looked good, I mean they've drawn to Everton. He is and has been the instrumental factor in their title winning success since Pep's been there. So I'll give it to I'll give it to Kevin De Bruyne. I, I like that. I like that. Two city players, naturally. 
I mean, who else? I was thinking, yeah. I was trying no, to think, I'm, and I was like, I'm right there with you. Who else? Like, I could really? give it to Salah, but this season he Harry hasn't Kane, maybe, really. but Harry Kane, Saul maybe. was the better player last year. Yeah, so it's it's it, it was tough. It was tough. Okay, Jace, your Mike Dean of the year. Uh, mine is U.S. Soccer. What a freaking disaster this whole Reina Berhalter situation is. We won't go deep into it, but it's just an absolute mess. U.S. Soccer doesn't know how to handle. Anything, it was clear during qualifying that Burhalter wasn't the man for the job. They don't make the change like Morocco does. Um, it's Now they might bring Burhalter back. It's just the only good thing they've done in the in the past year was offering Zidane the job, and he politely said no. Yeah, he politely said, I'm French. I will only coach the French national team, which makes complete sense. Uh, it has been a joke of a year from the United States men's national team side. The Greg Burhalter situation is a joke, and the fact that there's even rumors that we're looking to extend his deal, I think, is heinous at best. From uh, from a strictly like tactical managerial right. standpoint, he is not, not even getting to coach into the national team. not even getting into the sideshow that he has started himself. Let's let's not get this twisted. The sideshow that he has started himself, and when he retorts and says, "Well, I got blackmailed," one, I'm not really sure you did, and two. You were the one that went to a Giovanni Reina, a 20-year-old, 20, fact check me, 20? 20. 20. 20-year-old child, child, 20-year-old kid, who starts for Borussia Dortmund and said he was not going to be in your plans. As and then much he made it all public after the World Cup. Like, he's the one that brought it public. tell people, and you're looking for my sympathy. I have none. The United States men's national team should move on. It's been a joke of a year. Um... The fact that everybody was applauding a round of 16 exit to the Dutch is a joke. It's a joke. And it's it's been like this, Jace. It's been like this. Yeah. Uh, I've not said this surprised. for the longest time. And I don't if they it would not surprise me if they extended it. No, dude, okay. not at all. It's for some reason they have this little fraternity of US soccer and uh, they just like to keep it within the within the families. I mean, Greg Berhalter's brother was a US soccer exec when he got hired. I mean, it's yeah. just all you need to know. Um, my Mike Dean of the year. This one hits home. The Glazers. Oh, oh my, nice. my, my. Oh, my. This is actually me being happy. It's saying that they have been, they've had the worst year. Like, personally. The the Bucks are falling apart in front of their eyes over here in America in Tampa Bay. They suck. They suck. And then they thought that they really had to think, oh, we've gotten over the hump with those United fans on on wanting us out. Absolutely not. The fight kept on going this year into this year, and they've been essentially, I think, forced to sell the club knowing, seeing how much investment the manager wanted, one, the fans wanted two, and probably some of the new board members or board members wanted three, where they were going, dude, the stadium's falling apart. Can we get some funding and or a budget allocation? And the Glazers are going, oh, crap, I don't want to do all this. The things they've been neglecting, so now they've been forced into selling the club. Mike Dean of the year, easily. I love it. Thank you. Okay, Jace, our next award. Drumroll, please. Thank you. The Frank Lampard Award awarded to the manager for how the hell did this guy keep his job? Yeah, I mean, named appropriately so. Um, It's hard (laughs) to not give it to Frank Lampard, honestly. Yeah. Uh, But I've gone with Steve Cooper. Uh, great in the first half of the year in the championship, obviously wins the promotion playoffs, 
But two months into the season, he looked sure to be sacked. And the reason he is my winner is because he not only didn't get sacked, he got himself an extension. I love and that. This. Is why that is why he is the winner. Um, and yeah. of course, the owner goes on to be rewarded, forced to looking much better, looking like they uh, aren't going to for sure get relegated like they did at the beginning of the season. So nope. I've gone with Steve Cooper. Steve Cooper's a great shout. That's such a, a good way of forming this because it's meant to be a knock at Frank Lampard and you somehow made it a compliment to Steve Cooper. So, Jace, congrats on being the bigger man in this whole situation. Thank you. Um, I would also like to say, uh, I got to bring this up while you mentioned Steve Cooper. Remember where I predicted them in the league, Jace? 13th. And that's yeah. attainable because 13th attainable. is the last of those posi- yes. it's the last of those positions, right? Like it's once you hit 12, is there's the gap. Off. It's like the the there's a clear Premier League your crap line and it's 13th. So they still can get there. I'm holding out hope. It's actually I looked at it the other day and I go, oh my goodness. I really so. as long as Palace don't mess up, I really do not think the bottom seven are gonna change. I think wolves are gonna get to the top of it, but not out of it. I, I agree with that. I think Lopetegui is a freak of a coach. I don't know how he went to a relegation team. Okay. Uh, my Frank Lampard award awarded to the manager for how the hell did he keep his job? Brendan Rogers. Nice. How the hell did this guy keep his job? He's still employed to this day, still employed. Lester have not looked good. They're going to be safe from relegation. They're going to be fine, but okay. Is that where the standard is at that place these days? They have an elite training facility. They have really good players in there. James Madison, Tielemans, who looks like he's gone, and Didi, Vardy, Harry, uh, Harvey Barnes. We're just not yeah. going to invest in the defense or a goalkeeper. I think they're again. trying to survive to the summer because there is about to be a max exodus, exodus at Leicester. They're going to lose Tielemans for free. Madison is going to go for big money. Um, so I think they might just move the manager on. Vardy's past it. I think we can say that now. Yeah. I agree. Well, and the defense, I mean, defense, 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 defense. No wonder go. they literally tried to just lock Fafana in the closet until uh, <laughs> September 1st because they needed him. Yeah. They looked at they were like, oh my gosh, we have no one left, guys. Um, yeah. I don't know how he's kept his job. I, it looked like for sure he was getting sacked there about three or four times. Yeah. I agree. Okay. All right, Jace, the Alexander Mitrovich Award for Dunk of the Year. We have a consensus winner on this one. Alexander Mitrovic, first game of the season, all over Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yep. When we started the dunk counter, uh, just completely over the – I mean, that I think it was the best one. It just happens to be the first one. Yeah, no, it, it started the bit, but it also, like, killed the bit because it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love it's hard to time them like that. Yeah. The first person uh, who wins the award named after them. So we'll have to get yep. the message out to him. I'm sure he'll want that mailed, um, signed by us as well. Okay. Next award on the docket. The Alexander Zinchenko Award for Double J's Odd Obsession. And Jace, I have our nominees ready to go. Let's hear them. Our nominees. Alexander Zinchenko. Of course. Mikhailo Mudrik. Yeah. Darwin Nunez for different reasons. Killian Mbappe. Who's your winner? Uh, I think Darwin. I think we've talked about Darwin the most this year. Uh, literally since this summer, we have talked yeah. about Darwin so much. At first, we thought he was going to United. Then he goes to Liverpool. And then 
I mean, it's hard not to talk about a guy who's that good and that bad. We'll continue yeah. to say it. I, I, I mean, he it is it is incredible how good he is at being bad. I think that's the best way of putting it. Yeah, like he, it's almost like he's he's so close to I don't know. It's hilarious. I agree. Darwin Nunez, my winner for the Alexander Zinchenko Award for Double J's Odd Obsession. We've talked about him just about every single episode. I'd say. I, I, I congratulate him on his goal today. So good for that. Yep. Okay. Um, next up, the GOAT Award. Jace, your GOAT. Uh, Messi. This year. Okay. Right. Yeah. Really? That one's pretty easy. I don't know, man. Pele had some crazy numbers back in the 60s. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. Messi. It's a shame that, that um, the sport wasn't nearly as like economically developed as it was back uh, as it is now. It would have been crazy to see him in Europe. Yeah. He would have been playing crazy. for Barcelona and Real Madrid and yep. nothing, nothing against Santos. They were a powerhouse at the time. But yeah, but come on. It's just different exposure. Yeah, my goat after this year, Lionel Messi. Cristiano Ronaldo's too. I'm tired of hearing that disrespect, though. Tired of that. Yeah. It's so sad where I am where I have to fight for two for Ronaldo. Oh, my gosh. The recency bias on Cristiano has kind of become insane, too. We had it like, so It's literally good. been half a season since he was – United's top scorer, and I think either I think he was third in the league in goals because Son and Salah both won the gold yeah, boot. Was. I think Ronaldo was right behind him. He was so. third. Yeah, he was third. Um, it's literally been six months. <laughs> since he did like, that, right. Since yeah, he yeah. did that. Like, they, he's, people he's, also, the stat was going around like Erling Holland has already outscored Cristiano Ronaldo. It's like, dude, he's 37. He scored eight yeah, goals I, in the I still league. think what Cristiano Ronaldo is the longevity goat. No one, like, Messi like really has been incredible since what 22 23 and so was ronaldo but ronaldo took it to a different level when he turned 30 like yeah he actually took it to a whole new level between 35 30 and 36 he was next level you remember how sick it was being a ronaldo fan in like 2017 yeah when he won like what three ballon d'or like 29 30 31 or 30 31 32 yeah it all went down the drain with one game okay that was fun. Yeah, Messi's yeah. the goat. All right, Jace, we have two more awards left. Our final real award, the Sean Dyche Award, presented to the manager playing the most negative football of the season or of the year, excuse me. Who's your winner? My winner is interim Gary O'Neill. Uh, back when <laughs> Bournemouth were getting points after Scott Parker got fired, they went on that run of like six or seven where they didn't lose. They didn't, I think yeah. they won like one or two of them. Yeah. Um, but they were playing the most Brexit style I yeah. can really even think of this year. I mean, it, we're talking multiple games of like 27 to 29% possession. Uh, <laughs> wow. It, and it was working for him at the time. I don't know why. It was beautiful. That's why I'm saying interim Gary O'Neill. Because now that he's got the interim tag removed, they're awful. They just yeah, leave. They're terrible. And they don't they're score. Just, <laughs> no. They don't care anymore. They're like, oh, this guy's our real boss now? Damn it. Yeah. Um, mine goes to Thomas Tuchel because he lost his job for it. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind he lost his job for the negative football he played. Without a doubt, because it went stale. So it went so quickly. stale, it and the so players bad. were tired of playing it, and it was he was just definition of insanity. Yep. All right. Our final award is the John ja Morant Award for Memphians of the Year who are 25 years old who started a soccer podcast in the city of Memphis. Uh, the winners are Double J. Yeah, uh, obvious choice. Let's go. 
Let's go. Speech, 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 speech. <laughs> All right. Um, I've actually got some winners and losers and some other news I want to talk about with you just for a second here, Jace. While I have go you, ahead. I mean, this episode is very long. Um, go through some of this. Uh, Sebastian Allaire is back in Dortmund training. Be, uh, yeah, good news. Pictures released. That was pretty sick. Very sick. Um, Vincent Abubakar and uh, Ronaldo and Wout Weghorst looks like it's just a trade triangle. Yeah. Have you seen that? Where Abubakar was at Al Nassar, they've had to cancel his contract. He's going to go to Besiktas, allowing Veghorst to go to United, where Ronaldo left to go to Al Nassar. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like the transfer triangle from hell. Yeah, really. So, I mean, Manchester, Istanbul, and I don't know where Al Nassar is. I don't know if Nassar is a city or what, but yeah, odd triangle. Um, Taylor Twelman left ESPN. I'm not sure if you saw that. Too. Yeah, I did see that. that. That that's interesting. Do you know where he's going? Uh, no, he, I'm assuming a gambling site because they are just it better playing. not be Fox, dude. Him and Stu at the same no. place was too much. I don't think it's Fox. They already have. I one like Stu Taylor a lot, Taylor. but I definitely like own, him way more on his own. He needs to just be on his own. I'm not sure where he's going. Um, I just don't want to hear him with Alexi Lawless. Yeah, like, no. actually. Oh, gosh. Um, OK. Oh, and then United's next five games up. Um, Charlton in the. We got the energy drink cup this week before City, Chase. That's one of my losers. We got to play one of these games for City. Oh, me? no. They stuck in more cup games this midweek. I didn't even notice that. Energy I'm drink out. cup midweek. So. Charlton at home. God, yeah, dude. I'm so glad. Smart. I know. You're a genius for getting out. I Thank hate you. This. Thank you, Deserby. Seriously. I forgot you caught him then, too. Lucky. Mm. And then yeah, we play City. beat the home. crap out of him in the league. <laughs> Uh, play City at home, uh, Palace four days later, and then Arsenal four days after that. So that's fun. Oh, be... Palace in a league game? Palace away in a league game and then Arsenal away. Yeah. We got, a, we got a little London tour. Yeah. And I feel confident. You know what? We're hunting Arsenal. Um, I don't know about that after Manchester City closed the gap this week. I believe the hunt is on. All right, the hunt is on. I have been Dylan. And I've been Jace. Have a good evening, everyone. Have a good evening. We will see you guys on Friday.